Good evening. It is Thursday, the 30th of August, and you are listening to the Tiger Town podcast. A little bit different tonight. Um, the the regular host is uh, he, he's away with the family at the moment, so we have uh, I'm hosting, which will probably um, be a bit different and probably not as quality as Zach's generally is. But we also have uh, a regular uh, guest post guest oh yeah, host with me tonight in Todd. Todd, how are you going? Hello, little brother. How are you? Uh, better looking, brother, is probably the best way to say it. All good. <laughs> we'll get we'll get through this crap early, and then we can just get yeah, through this yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. That banter. How are we? I'm, I'm well, I'm well. How's things? Yeah, good, good. Um, uh, the season's almost ended, so I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> yes. I don't feel uh, angry or upset every weekend anymore after this weekend, so... No, it's yeah. um, is what it is. Considering the weekend of football we've got coming up and the teams that have been dropped and the fact that we have to face, a f- well, given who they've got available, a full-strength manly side, this kind of sucks. Like, you know, you've got – you've pretty much got a reserve-grade game on Thursday night between the Broncos and Melbourne because both teams have just destroyed their squads. And then we come up on Friday night at 6 o'clock and we're playing – the, the best Manly have to offer at this point um, based on injuries and stuff. So, ugh, it's... Far, I think. Um, yeah. Considering you wouldn't want to risk any uh, any injuries to your key players when there's nothing to play for. But we'll get back, we'll get into that, talk about that game a little bit later on. Um, mm-hmm. I have a, a touch on, I'm pretty certain you actually were the smart one out of all three of us and didn't watch the game live. Against the Roosters, have you no. had a chance to look at the highlights? Yeah, I've checked them out. Yeah. Um, Lowlights, probably better to say. Well, the first half was a slog. They got in on it, and and that was um, that was really good. But the second half was just oh god, where do we begin? Just pass. Um, we had a twelve, uh, sorry, thirteen on twelve advantage for ten minutes when. Uh, Maria Hargraves went off, which was um, a well-deserved 10 minutes um, for his lucky late hit on Appy. But then the headbutt as yeah. well. He's lucky he didn't get, actually get, oh. um, had, you know, a lot uh, what's sent off. Very lucky about that, if you ask me. Yeah, I don't know about that bloke. Um, did you know someone told me today that that's the first time he's actually been sent off? Like, it's, it's I can't... Yeah, that's no, the first no time... Chance. I think that's, I reckon they said a random fact about him that that's the first time he's ever been sent off. And I was like, I can't remember him being sent off. So I'll have to Google that or one of our listeners will probably tear us apart for some shit facts, but I'm going to check that. Um, But yeah, that's the most disappointing part about it was um, the Roosters haven't played well all year. The Roosters were under strength. They were down. Yeah, they lost Joey Manu after like, 20 minutes or something. Yeah, that's and that's the biggest thing. Like, um, we have a like a small small thread hanging on to to not get the wooden spoon. So you'd expect the side to show up, and they just yeah, they didn't. So yeah, I didn't watch the game. Um, I am happy to miss Tigers games because they just make me very upset and very angry. and so I decided against it, and I hate the Roosters. I hate them more than any other team in the NRL. 
Um, I'll watch the Broncos, the um, the Storm win over the Roosters any day. I hate them so much. And the fact that that second half was just abysmal, abysmal. No. So, uh, yeah, what, look, what were your thoughts overall? Because you did watch the game. I did watch the game. I thought our first, yeah, probably our first 30 minutes were pretty, like they were subpar to what we have been doing, but they weren't horrible. They uh, The Roosters dropped a lot of ball uh, and we didn't take advantage of it. But I said this in the chat, and I'm going to stand by this. I think Will Smith is probably the worst first grader in the NRL right now. He is bad beyond belief. So much so, and that like that's not... Like being the worst first grader in the NRL is still an impressive feat because you're better than eighty percent of people that play football. But yes. at that standard, when you have everything on the line, it's not good enough. Um, it was he, he was that bad that Benji had to move him from halfback and then hook him because yeah. he just wasn't performing. I mean, if that like he's clearly given up. Like for me, when I was watching that game, like it was, we we were wondering why he didn't put in Wakeham instead of, um, well, he didn't put Wakeham in instead of Smith. And from what I what I theorize is that it was to give Will Smith one last shot. You want a contract? You want to get something out of this? Show me what you made of. And he crashed and burned. He was so bad. Yeah. If you watch that game, now that we're not going to have the analysis that Zach sometimes has, you know, he's last few weeks he's been watching all these mistakes and really analyzing it and things like that. I don't go into that. I don't, I've got that time for that. Um, but I am pretty certain that if you go watch that game over again, he is probably personally responsible for four tries against us. Yeah, right. Um, either giving away a silly penalty, dropping a ball when we had the momentum and they score off the next set, an extremely, extremely poor defensive read. I mean, that Suwali try was so bad. That was so bad. He gave up. It was atrocious. But, um, yeah, thank God he's uh, – well, he's in the reserve grade for some – like the reserve squad, so we'll go through that later on in the pod. But how he even kept a spot is beyond me. But, um, yeah. I'll go, I'll go through a couple of the stats too. This is how bad we were, just to show you. So possession rate was 50-50, literally 50% to 50%. Completion rate was better than the Roosters. We had 73%, they had 72 They had more runs, more um, run meters than us. So that's, that's saying something, that they had a 50-50 possession rate and they had a lower completion rate than us, but they had more runs and more running meters, so more intent. They had more mm. post-contact meters. They had eight line breaks to three. So, you know, and I think probably five of those line breaks were down Will Smith's, um, were down Will Smith's side. Uh, more tackle breaks. It's a lot more offloads, and that's something we've been doing really well recently, has been offloading the ball. Like yeah, we've been getting going, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, and 
it's funny. This is actually, I, I don't know if you listened to the pod last week, Todd, but Zach made a comment about, um, you know, the, the Dolphins had more dummy passes than we did. And he said, as if that really matters, who cares? Yeah, this time we had a lot more because we had Will Smith in the team who doesn't know how to play football. But oh, it's just atrocious. And then you look at the, the, the tackles. So they made more tackles. The missed tackles were pretty um, similar. We have 38 to 31. But the ineffective tackles were even. Everything in our defensive sort of line and our defensive stats says that we should have been on par with them. But because we had two, like Laurie probably had his worst game of the year. Appy probably had his worst game of the year. We just had no attacking structure whatsoever, especially in that second half. Yeah. I mean, it's um, there's something about certain teams and not just the Tigers, but every team in the NRL. The Roosters have the wood over us for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And for me, this was the only time in recent history, I'm talking the last, you know, not, oh, you could even say 10 years that we really had a chance to beat them. And the first half, things were looking like, okay, we're in this contest. And then Manu goes off. And then to just put up that second half of just trash, just you just don't know if they're just – if the season's over for them and they're mentally they're done. Like the Roosters weren't great. Um, I tip that the Souths will beat the Roosters this week. I don't think the Roosters will go through the finals. Even without, um, even without uh, Trell. Oh, absolutely, especially with the head noise that he's got going on at the moment and, and all that sort of stuff. I, I don't think the Roosters, um, the last few weeks, their wins have masked a pretty poor team throughout the year. I went to the Broncos-Roosters game at the Gabba uh, a couple of weeks back, got some free tickets, and um, watching them live, they were they were atrocious. They were dreadful. I, I don't think I've ever seen... and. As much as I hate the Roosters, you've got to respect them for when they they put those few years together yeah, and respect, you, you, re, respect the way they play their football. Like you, you can buy a premiership. Yeah, you can buy a premiership, but you respect the way they play their football, and they, they've they've looked terrible this year. They've looked dreadful. Mm. So this was where I thought this is the time. You know, we've got a small chance of avoiding this wooden spoon for the second time, they're going to turn up and, and beat the team that makes us look stupid on many, many occasions recently. And it was just, yeah, they, like you said, those stats, I, I didn't know those stats um, personally, but when you hear them, it's just more frustrating really, because it's like you get blown off the park, you get smashed. Okay. You cop it. But when you're 50, 50, even in it, and you still lose thirty eight to eight, like that's that's shit. That's that's crap. Oh, wow. That's absolute okay. crap. And this is this is this is one of those times where, you know, those last probably the last five or six games, Zach and I have been very, very critical of the ref's performances. Um mm-hmm. they've been very much below par. But I think um I think it was another another Todd was our referee. Um on the weekend, Todd Smith, I think his name is. Is that um, the blonde guy? Yeah. 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 And he was actually not bad. He No. They let the game run, called it down the line. Um, from what I see, Zach has a t- like I said, Zach has a tendency to dive a bit deeper and pull a little bit more of those stats out. But um from what I saw everything looked um 
pretty even. Uh, there is, like, we're talking about stats here and things like that. So we've all been, you've been as well in our chat and everything, we've been very critical of Noffa, um, of his performances. And this is the highlight of how bad he's going and how much we need to try to find a way to offload him. He had mm. eight runs for 25 metres. Oh, God, that's disgusting. For a winger. It's, it's, it's just gross. Let, let's go this on to the other side. Tupo had 11 runs for 105 metres. Still not fantastic, like 10-metre game. Yeah. But he had three more runs for 80 more metres than Noffa yeah. did. And then if we go to the other side of it, he had eight tackles, three of them were missed. So he had almost a 50-50 miss-to-made tackle ratio. How yeah, that's, um, that's absolutely woeful. That's, that's dreadful. I can't. I, I'm, I, I was pulling that up. I'm like, and, he's ha- and he had one error. So. <laughs> I thought he actually played really well against the Dolphins, uh, one of his best games in, in many weeks, and, and that's not hard considering he hasn't been great. But that is, that's dreadful. What's going on? Like, you guys must know more than I do. What's going on with Naden? Why is he not playing? Uh, he's got, I think it's shoulder injury. Okay. Last time yeah. Because that's where, yeah, yeah you'd, you'd, you'd chuck him straight in right wing just to get those meters because he's a big, big body, tough carries and stuff like that. Because that's what Noffa, you know, you could forgive and I use the word loosely, forgive his defensive lapses, the jamming that seems to never stop because he could get you those really nice 15-metre runs out of your half, stuff like that. Those stats, that's awful. Me and you could do that. Yeah, he crabs across the the field consistently now. He's got to be pushing to get released. That's my only thing. He doesn't want to be there anymore, and he's pushing to get released. But I mean... Who would take him? Jesus, I'd eat up. I'd eat up eighty percent of his salary just to get him off the books. We've got the war yeah. chest. Somebody well, wants. To, someone wants to take him for like one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars, and we'll eat up the rest. I'll be more than happy to do that. Just get him off the. We'll books. have to touch. Hopeless. I was just going to say we'll have to touch on this episode on who we can look at for next season. Um, I'm sure Zach is more than than over it, but there's there's some players that I I'd like to talk about to see what what your thoughts are because this war chest is there, and yeah. um, there's not many players on the market that like that are, are, are open to playing for 2024. But there's a lot of players that are on the nose with a few clubs that I'm thinking we should have a stab. Like we should see what we can get, especially outside backs. Like we are struggling with outside backs. We are at the moment. We've got a few coming through, but we are at the moment. So who, who's on your list? Mm. First off the bat, we need to be looking at Olam, Justin Olam, straight away. Mm. Um, the fact that he's been stuck at the Falcons, considering how good he is, there's obviously something going on at Melbourne and um, I'd be willing to take him in whatever baggage is there because you don't go off the nose at Melbourne for no reason. There's obviously something. We we yeah. should have a stab at him because our centre stock 
currently, and we've got a young fella debuting at centre this week, um, and yep. we'll talk about that when we talk about the team, uh, is abysmal, abysmal in terms of what we've got to offer. And I didn't think oh, so many years ago how important centres were going to become in this in the comp. Like, centres and wingers are so important. And, like, you look at the great sides at the moment, your Penriths, your Broncos, um, the Warriors even. The Warriors moved Marcelo Montoya, who, in my opinion, last year and, and before that was a glorified reserve grader, moving to the wing, um, he's one of the best wingers in the comp. Like, you know, get him out of the centres, get a big body. So they're so important into the way that, that we play and we have not a great stock of them. So that's the first person I'd go for, given what's going on at Melbourne. Um, look, there's a couple of others that are kind of scattered around, but that he's the big one for me. Hmm. Well, I heard, I, I read something a while ago now, um, you know, one, when he got dropped and people were like, oh, someone has to pick him up. He can't be a reserve grader. But the, like it was based on, you know, what what's called KPIs, key performance indexes. Um, and there's certain things like every most people that have a job have KPIs they need to meet, need to match. For a rugby league player, it's very obviously performance driven, on the field driven, but then it's also off the field driven. So it's like, um, you know, how you perform at training, things like that. And apparently he was actually on the downward slide of a lot of that stuff. And so obviously, like you said, Melbourne have a very high standard that they have to meet. And that's why they've been so successful for as long as they have since Belliag's been there. Um, and yeah, he's just like, if that's the case, you know, maybe it is a change of scenery needs. I don't even know how old he is, to be honest. It could be maybe ages ago to him. Who knows? Let me Google. I'll let you know in two seconds. But yeah, back to yeah. what you said about how wing and centers are so important. So like um, Zach and I discuss this uh, at nauseum sometimes about center position, center positions being probably one of the key areas, especially in terms of um, defense, uh, because obviously the, the the center tends to dictate how um, the out, everyone on the outside defense because, you know, if you've got a weak uh, half in front of you, generally you are swapped. The um, the center is swapped on the inside of the half. If the half is relevant, the, the center still dictates what happens outside of that. Um, mm. So it's still very, it's very, very important. And, you know, perfect example of, you know, that not being the like that being the case is um you know when we've had Tommy Talao in the centers and um doesn't communicate he rushes in the wing is back they create a low overlap they score um yeah, absolutely you know, it's, it's that and then you know in terms of attack think that the perfect person you can watch for this in terms of how important a dynamic center can be in attack. You know, you've got those amazing players that can, you know, produce the one arm fan, the flick, everything like that, the step, everything like that. But the way Bradman Best draws in three defenders almost every single time, how he hits the line really, really hard 
He he literally tries to bend the line every single run. He's the center. Even when he's actually running a really perfect line, he still looks like he's trying to bend the line as well as going through it. So that's why he hits it with such speed. Um, mm. And what that does is that creates um, the defense to second guess what's going to happen. So it's that half a second. So you'll see their halves come out and they'll look to pass it. Um, and it, it go to one of those dynamic centers. And as soon as the whoever's marking the half sees them turn their shoulders, that's when you'll see the show and go. And that's when you'll see, or you'll see, um, you know, the inside ball, or you'll see, you know, the, the floater over the top because a dynamic center like that can just do so much to a defensive structure, especially those inside men, and make them second-guess themselves. So, yeah, I 100% agree with you. So, mm, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why Best was picked for origin because of those sorts of things and killed it. To be fair, like he's controversial at yeah. the time, very controversial at the time. Yeah, I, I, I was not did. a um, I was not a fan of the call. And then after watching the game, he was he was sensational, and um, yes. and he he, t- he tore Queensland apart, as did um Cody Walker. But yes, uh, Justin Olman Olam turns thirty in December, so um, yeah, See he's that? on the. For me, that's a bit. That's a. Look, I think there's other people we should be looking at. I get he's on the nose, and I get this, and I get that. But I like the only person, the only position that I'm comfortable going for a senior person now is the halves, and we've done that. So we've done. Yeah, we've got think... Caesar. Mm. We've got Caesar. Caesar's there to control the game, control the speed, be the game manager that we need. Yeah. I wouldn't be comfortable signing the 30-year-old in the centers for three years because centers is still one of those positions that is very specialty, but it's something that you can really grow into on the field. It's not like a half. Yeah. It's not like a hooker. It's not like you know those or a fullback, or even though it's fullback kind of because you look at Buller at the moment. I mean, he's probably our best player and he's only 16 games in. But yeah. a half, obviously, like they say at times <clears> again, there's traps. Todd, we're live. What are you doing? I apologize. I'm drinking beers, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and you interrupted my train of thought. We're gonna yeah, where were you? I... We're going to bicker two people. We're brothers. We bicker all the time. It's fine. Um, mm. But yeah, like a half doesn't hit their straps, as they say time and time again, till they're about 28. 28. So Brooks is about hitting that now. Let's go figure. Um, but, you know, they need to grow into that. They need to understand the game a lot more. They need to understand their qualities. They need to understand the speed, everything like that. Where a center, they can learn that stuff kind of on the fly a little bit if they've been playing it their whole, like, their whole junior grade. It's not like you can sit yeah. there. So the example is Tupo. Tupo mm. was a out-and-out center. We put him on the wing because he was our only option on the wing. Um, and generally that's how it starts is out and out centers start on the wing to get a feel for the game. And then his yeah, first all game, of them did. his first game at center, it's like that was, should have been his position from day one. Yeah. It's what's happening of, there? Like surely he's going back to that. I'd or is it just so. because we've, we've just got no other wingers really. So Staines is still injured. Naden's yeah. injured. We've got two guys that Zach, Zach will probably remind me of off air what their names are. We've got two 
young wing, wingers that um, could have got a shot this year that both did their ACL in preseason. Um, uh, they we've tried Asu Kapoa there that didn't work in any way shape yeah. or form. He's better uh, at centre if we're going to use him at all. He's better better in the back row, I think so. But that's yeah. my my thought. But look, it's yeah. It, it, as far as I know, um, it's the only reason is because, and this is completely my own theory. I don't have Benji on the blower. I haven't called him to find out what's going on. Nothing like that. We aren't best mates yet, but if he listens to this, we can be. Don't worry about it. We will be. Um, but it's just my theory. Yeah. Hey, we've all met Benji. Everyone's met Benji. He's a lovely bloke. Um, I'm sure he'd be fine to come on the pod as a as a guest guest speaker in a couple of years. I would here. say he definitely would not be doing that. Yes. Hey, but hey, anyway. Hey. He went on The Apprentice. So, yeah, and now he would be avoiding anything like this. West Life Pod, anything he would be avoiding like the plague. But um, anyway, I don't think. The, I don't think I'm not saying um, Olam is the answer to all our problems, but the biggest thing to come out of this year has been depth in that back line situation. So, uh, I mean, not not focusing on the halves with the Will Smith situation, but. Um, you know, the first time I appeared on the pod with you two and we were ranting and raving about Brooks and whatnot and I was like, when can we get Will Smith into halfback? Like, we need to, you know, piss Brooks off now and look at how poorly he's played since he's gone into that position based on injury and, if anything, Brooks has been a lot better since we, we had that episode and maybe that the monkey off his back about going to Manly and all that stuff. But in the back line, especially, we kind of have been chopping and changing. We're, we're trying to get, you know, some sort of fluency to those guys, but it's just not happening because we can't. Like, as you said, Tupo's an out-and-out center. We put him in there for one game. He plays great. Shit, we can't actually – we've got Staines, another perforated bowel or whatever's going on with him. He's he out. Um, he he out. Yeah, yeah. So the Olam situation, he wouldn't be on a lot of money. I dare say, guessing, he'd be on less than less than offer, I'd guess. Well, um, I don't know. I think, he'd, I think he'd be on decent coin. I think he'd be on about 600. Yeah, true. Would Noffa would be on 550, 500. He was one of the highest paid wingers for a while there. He's on 550 and still got two more years to go after this. Surely we can, um, yeah, Surely we can do something, and especially with the amount of money that we've got to spend. But then I'm also thinking, you know, we've fallen to this trap before. We've grabbed these players that are on the arse end of their careers. Uh, clubs are dropping them, and we're thinking they're going to save us. Like Naden was. I don't want you know, another Joey Leilua on our hands. Yeah, absolutely. That that was a that was a great signing at the time, but in hindsight, awful. Um, yeah, so anyway, outside backs-wise, we, we need to build some depth. Um, with the young fella starting, uh, Tristan Riley has performed good, um, got his debut try last I think, Saturday. I think, I think admirably is uh, admirably. probably the That's, He needs to learn to pass. That's one thing that he really needs to focus on in the off-season, and I think he realised that too. 
with this young fella starting this week, um, there's another one to, to chuck in there and then, you know, it's all over as of, um, you know, 8 p.m. Friday night. They can start looking to the preseason for the new season because it's over, yeah. See, for me, um, this season, like you said, there were there was a couple of things that were really brought to light. Obviously, we've understood that, and we actually knew that going in. Our depth in the halves was pretty poor. I mean, we only signed a backup halfback like January of this year, and that was Brandon Wade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was an idea that I floated in the chat, and I think it was vetoed by Zach. But I don't know what your thoughts were. We need another half that has a bit more because we've got these young guys coming through. We've obviously got um, Fainu, but he's an out and out half uh, five eight. And then we've got, you know, um, Sullivan coming through. And for all all intensive purposes, and again, do not have an inside word, but this is what I have read and this is what would make sense, is that Sullivan would eventually move into the halfback role. So we've got those two. Because it'd be unlikely Caesar will go for more than, maybe he'll get a 12-month extension if they don't feel that um, Sullivan's ready. Um, yep. Or Fainu is ready, he might get a tournament extension. But I think we still need a quality half that is pushing to make a bit of a game of finish in the uh, in the NRL. And so I had um, uh, Josh Drinkwater coming back to this club. Yes. So for those yeah. who don't know, Drinkwater is obviously uh, Scott Drinkwater's older brother. Played for the Tigers, I think, mid-2010s. Uh, he's very young then, started at the Dragons. Now he's been overseas playing his trade. I think he's still at Catalans, but he could have moved on. Super League tends to chop and change a bit. But I thought he was at Castleford. Could be Castleford. Was he at the... Yeah, uh, oh, I, I'm not 100% sure. Again, as you said, no, they'd no, loan out. Yeah, de- he definitely was at Catalans, um, but I don't know how long ago that was. Um, I'm, not looking up, I'm not looking it up right now. because I could do <laughs> it. Um, but for me, having that player who's hungry to at least play, he's played his trade overseas, you know, it's another Aiden Caesar, just a couple of years younger. I think, uh, Josh Drinkwater is potentially 30. Um, mm. means he's probably got another couple of years left in him, left in his legs. Um, and he's trying to, you know, ply his trade back in the NRL. You know, I think that that's not a... And he knows the club. He's been with the club before. Knows Benji. Um, I think that that's something we should definitely consider moving to next year is don't just go for a half that's on the outer. Go for a half that has plied their trade over in Super League and is looking to finish it. So, you you know, you could even potentially, like, Lola here is playing for the Red Devils, Salford, at the moment. Uh, or is he mm. playing for... Oh, actually, you might be playing for uh, the well, Huddersfield. Could be playing for Huddersfield. But drink um, wheel, um, drink waters at Warrington. I can tell you that right, right now. And um, Tui Lola here. But those guys, like he, yeah, he is at Huddersfield. You are correct. Huddersfield. Yeah, Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, you know, someone like that that is looking to come back to Australia, retire in Australia, 
but still have a bit of that fire and that burn. You know, you've got you've you've got it time and time again. You know, in hindsight, we shouldn't have let Jackson Hastings go. All three of us weren't exactly thrilled with the the move. All three of us mm. were why didn't they offload Brooks? Um, and you know, again, hindsight's a beautiful thing. But yeah, um, it's a, we we don't seem to get these decisions right very often. The Tigers yeah. they they just don't seem to get it right. Um, yeah, to to think that we could have, but then again, if um, rumor is to be believed, um, Hastings and Bateman do not get along, and Bateman was the big signing that was going to, you know, make or break us, and unfortunately, it's gone the other way. Um, a name I'll throw in there uh, from the the Super League chat is why not Pierce? Every every he yeah, he doesn't want to come back to us. Well, he never came to us to begin with, but yeah. um, rumors rumors are that no one's really knocking the door down to bring him back. Um, so we could be one to, you know, throw throw the lifeline out to him. It does mean that we'd be holding Caesar and Pierce, which kind of means you've got one or the other, and you've pro- probably got the younger the younger version of Pierce is Caesar, the same very similar style of game that they both play. But you could run Pierce at six, run Caesar at seven. Um, you've just got more depth there. And if no one's going to go for Pierce and he still wants to come home, which is the rumour, we may as well. Um, like the whole glory of his dad's days and, and the Balmain stuff, like that's a, that's a, a big well, thing. I'm good. not saying he'd be the saviour of the club by any means. Um, it's a depth signing, if anything, which is a bit of an insult to him because – He's been an established halfback for a lot of years and you know, achieved a lot of stuff in the game. It'll never happen. For that fact alone, he will retire instead. I um, think so too. I think it, it's a, it's not a bad option for us, but I think it's more so his his own, um, I don't want to say ego because it sounds like he thinks he's bigger than that, but it is kind of the situation that he's in. Like he's not signing on here to be our backup. Like he, he's coming back to a club to run the, run the team. Like he's coming back as the, the number one seven for that club, um, yeah. which a few clubs could use him. I'm sure the Gold Coast would probably look at him now that, that Ben Hunt's staying at, at St. George. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying though. The, the depth in the half this year, I, I don't want to say it because it's not fact, but I, I'm almost guaranteeing had Dewey not got injured and Brooks's terrible run of injury, we ain't getting a spoon this year. Like, no. there are clubs a lot worse than us, like a lot worse. And a little bit more creativity in the halves, which is what Dewey and, and Brooks bring, yeah, we, we're not getting a spoon. No, no. Like, in all honesty, I would have... Um, we wouldn't have got the spoon if Brooks and Appy didn't get injured, just those two. Wouldn't got the Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Wow. It's a simple but, yeah. case of the same thing. The same thing happened last year where Newcastle were far and above the worst team in the comp and we ended up with the spoon. Um, this year, the dogs are far and beyond the worst, worst team in the comp. Wow. We're going to, we're going to get the spoon because yeah. it's just, they got a few wins um, more than us. And that's the way it goes. And yeah, as you said, uh, a bit more depth in the halves uh, quality depth is the word we want to use. Yeah. Um, 
possibly would have salvaged us from from the spoon, which is unfortunately coming our way. And I did double check this. The ideal situation for this weekend, guys, is that we I'm, I'm going to be conservative. We win by forty, and the Dragons lose by forty, and then we get we don't get the spoon. <laughs> so that's that, how good. Well, it still could happen. See, Absolutely. One, Anything is possible. One name, the one name that we, we threw out at the start of the year was Ronald Vulcan. So he is yes. a young guy over the Warriors at the moment. Now, obviously, how good they've been going with Metcalf in the halves and Johnson's side an extra year. You'd have to say that he's now fourth behind in the packing order because uh, Tamari Martin's back as well. He's back from injury this week. Um, so you've got, he, he's fourth in line. He comes to us, he's third in line. That's, that's yeah. the facts. So I'd, I'd look at Ronald Volkman as well, see if he wants to come back to Australia. Um, yeah. But we just, we need some depths around, depths around those, um, key areas. I mean, we've got, uh, we've got, I think we've got our depth in our hooker sorted. Yes. Um. I think we probably got our depth in our fullback sorted. Um, I think that's you know, or we should. I, I'd like to say that you know they're they're pressing to re-sign Staines, considering he's been one of our best outside backs all year when he's been on the field. I'd agree with that. Yep, absolutely. Um, and he's our first choice, uh, one of our first choice wingers, picked every week. Um, but yeah, again, just, he's one. We've really missed throughout the year, and and not that a winger can really change a result, but um, someone with his work ethic and stuff like that, the way he can you know score a try, start the sets, all that sort of stuff. That's things that those one percenters that can go to winning those games where we've lost by two, lost by four, lost by six. You know. No, exactly, exactly, and that's yeah. Um... There's just, yeah, like it's very quiet at the moment in terms of re-signing, signings. You know, we got those, a couple of, a uh, couple of endorphins released when we read, you know, Sullivan and Caesar had finally been, you know, um, you know, announced, but it's been yeah. a bit quiet on the re-signing front. Um, you know, I, I, I like to think that there's a couple of people that have deserved to not go to November in terms of hitting the open market. Uh, word is that um, they're working with Tupo to re-sign him for a couple of years. Um, Fantastic. But apart from that, I haven't heard anything else. Um, yeah. Zach, Zach hasn't either. And, you know, Zach and I obviously talk about this a bit. Um, yeah. But the big one, I just, I'd love to just hear some news on Staines. Um, yeah. Be, really, I'd be very, very annoyed if we let him go. Um, the only way that I wouldn't be annoyed is somebody paid ridiculous overs for him to play fullback. That's it. Absolutely. I, I, I don't think there's too many clubs out there that um, the only club that possibly with the money we've got, they've got that would pick him up for what we're going to pay him, if not a little bit more, would be the Bulldogs. And um, you sort of would have heard about that by now. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that he, hopefully, he stays. He's been a fantastic asset this year um, in a really abysmal season, and fingers crossed he can stick around. Yeah, there was um, this week with the rumblings coming out about Stefano and and um, and Ice 
not being happy, Isaiah Papali, Papali'i, uh, not being happy and waiting to come back to para effectively and to have ICE come out and publicly say, oh, look, that's just not true. That's, that's really, really good stuff to hear. Um, he put his full support behind the club and what we're trying to do and he understands that this year sucks. Like, he, he hasn't liked being a part of it and but he's he's there for the long haul and that's good stuff to hear because sometimes these when these rumors come out and players go quiet you start to go oh jesus here we go it's coming um yeah did, so, did yeah. stop media putting their own spin on the interview buddy i don't know if you read it oh um, i watched the video so yeah i didn't i didn't yeah, read it the, the, the media's put their own spin on it as always and as uh, our listeners know, I, I bash the media as much as I can because they're absolutely hopeless and they're in it for the clickbait. Um, but they said that um, they didn't completely reassure. He didn't completely reassure Tigers fans because he said, "I'm 100% here for next year." But he has a two-year contract. Why isn't he here until the end of his contract? Why didn't he say that? I'm like, I hate you, media. I hate you so much. Oh. At the end of the day, as soon as we we've spoken about this, as soon as we start winning, they'll stop picking on us that's the biggest oh, thing like find another way to do it we when we smash the cowboys um honestly they the 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 script was flipped for the first time in so many years and the cowboys were just hammered like hammered to the shit house obviously the reverse happened a couple of weeks later and we got obliterated and then it comes back to us so it's yeah as soon as we start winning games as soon as we start looking like a competitive football team that's going to do something. Yeah, it's it's funny that I, I do agree with what you're saying about the media. Like there's certain teams that seem to get a free pass. The Gold Coast is one that I can never understand how they don't get the scrutiny they deserve. That club, that, that is franchise. a... I hate that franchise. That's a quality... Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a fantastic first grade team. Like that, on paper, they've got the best prop in the game in Tino, um, the best second row in the game in... Um, and Dave Fafita, uh, Kieran Foran's there. Their back line is stacked. Their depth is sensational, and they're shit. They are a shit club, like, in terms of what they do. I don't hear boo about them. Um, then again, they've got 10 fans, so no one really cares anyway. That's but, That's yeah. the only, only reason, because the, ti- because the Tigers have so many fans, so many loyal fans who read their stuff, get involved with their stuff, everything like that. They're like... You know, we've got to write something about them, but it can't be positive because if we write Absolutely. something positive, we're not going to get all the clicks that we want it to. Yeah, so. I mean, it's been just the same old story for so long. They just continue it on. Anyway, why don't we get on to the game this week because we're going to just keep yep. ranting if not, unless there's something else you want to touch on. Nah, no, nah, I'm good. I've got the nah. team list here ready to go. So we'll go through yep. it. So uh, Friday at 6 p.m. at... Four points. We are playing the Manly Seagulls. Um, you know, it's obviously our last game of the year, thank God. Um, but we want to finish on a high. We want to finish um, like we've got some momentum going into the new, into the new year, into the new season. A few people probably are playing for a position in this, so they need to realise that as well. So at fullback, we got Jareem Buller, and on the wings, we've got. I don't know how he keeps getting it because of our depth, but we got Noffa and Tupo on the other one. Uh, in the centres, we got Tristan Riley and Josh Felitti, the young guy you were talking about. He makes his debut, which is exciting. Yep, to see. eighteen years old, fantastic. 
Yep. Our halves. Thank God Will Smith has been given the punt. We've got Dane Laurie and Abby in the halves. You know, it's the best we can do. It's what we've got. Shows how much depth depth we don't have. Um, Up front, we've got Alex Twole and David Clemmer. So Steph is out through injury. Um, Yep. Now we've got Jake Simkin uh, at hooker. So he's back after that head knock. Yeah, uh, playing got, well. Yeah, back row. So Bateman's out. And Pole's uh, been moved to the bench, actually. So he's the impact forward. So we've got back row is Papali'i. Uh, Bloor is back, which is awesome. Oh, back in the starting side. And then Matamor locks the scrum. So yep. you know, everyone seems to think that he's potentially our future lock for times to come. So we're going to see how he goes. Um. In the on the interchange bench, we've got Asukapoa, Fanua Pole, and Alex Seifarth, and another debutant in Kit Lauali'i. So we've talked a fair bit about him on the pod. Uh, really yep. exciting guy coming through. Um, so really another eighteen-year-old. Yep, yep. And so yep. this is something that uh, Zach, Zach and I discussed last week. I think you'll see a lot of these eighteen-year-olds play a lot of cup next year. Get them ready for a few years' time. Uh, and then yep. our reserves, are 18 is uh, TDS. That's Talon De Silva, to anyone that doesn't know anymore. Uh, Brandon Wakeham at 19, Will Smith at 20, Atasi James at 21, and Tommy Talao at 22. Uh, any Oh, and another thing is apparently this is a historical week. There are two women referees this week. Yeah, so Belinda but do we get Belinda Sharp? We do, thank God. We don't get Casey Badger. Yeah. Badger's, um, her bunkering lately has been atrocious. Um, Everything lately. She was on on a wing. uh, She was on a touch uh, sideline for one of our games a couple of weeks ago. She was on the, I'm pretty certain, no, it wasn't her. No, it wasn't her. But she was on the sideline for one of the games where, you know, missed a very, you know, blatant forward pass or something like that. Yeah, I remember that actually. Yeah, no, um, yeah, fantastic for them, and that's that's an amazing feat. Like to think that we're going to have not one but two female referees in the in the NRL. I just wish it wasn't Casey Badger. I'd like another female. I just think that she is exactly like all the other referees in that she is incompetent. Um, yeah, well, Linda good thing we got. Hand, I, I've I've liked Belinda Sharp for a while. I've watched her ref a couple of you know, obviously. The, the women's league is a little bit different, a little bit slower than the men's league at the moment, but does a pretty stand-up job, so I'm kind of glad she's there. Um, yep. But, yeah, anything with our, you know, I guess, our lineup that surprises you, makes you happy, um, pisses you off? Look, it's I'm, I'm glad for the two boys that are going to get debutants because it's, it's a hard, as much as, you know, we talk about our, um, our depth and how hard it is, to, to keep the quality in, um, to actually make your debut in the NRL is is a huge deal. And so good on these two blokes for having a go. Like, they must be over the moon. Um, look, half the teams are playing their reserve grade squads. We don't get that uh, luxury. Manly have a very good team that they'll be fielding and um, they'll be looking for a bit of, bit of um, retribution for the fact they're not playing finals and, you know, they'll, they'll want to make a statement. So it's going to be a really, really tough game. Really tough. Um, well, for quickly instance, just to... Oh, just go, for instance, because you're saying that Manly are playing close to their full-strength side. This is their, what their paper looks like. So you've got yeah. uh, Polar on the uh, fullback. 
their third choice fullback with no turbo and no Garrick. They've got Saab. He's awesome, man. He was so good on the weekend. I don't know if you watched his highlights. He's so quick. Yeah, he's just uh, like lightning. Yeah. Uh, on the wings, you've got Saab and Tuomalo Vega. Uh, in the yep. centres, you got Parker and Harper. Uh, you yep. have uh, Jake and DCE, Jake Arthur and DCE. Your pack is uh, Sipley, Kepi with Croker and Hooker. Uh, 11 is Olakowatu, Travojevic and Travojevic. And then you've got that young Chan Kam Tong, um, Madison, Woods, and Bullymore. Uh, and then, you know, the bloke that decided to go to Manly and can't even get a start is Tuolagi, who's 18th man. So, yeah, good on you, mate. Oh, well, that makes me happy. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's pretty much the best Manly can put out at the moment, really. Yeah, um, yep. yeah so it's going to be going to be a tough game. Um, look, the side we've, we've put through is exactly what I expect for the last game of the year based on what we've got available. There's no one um, that really, you know, should be there that's not. Uh, Seyfarth has been one that's surprised me in recent weeks by how well he's been playing. Yeah, the thing that annoyed me the um, most is he had his worst game last week. Yeah, they, so, they all did. Like, there's, yeah, nothing you can say about that. I'll add to it, though, off topic. It shits me off that Manly, of all teams, have Four Pines Stadium. Four Pines is owned by CUB. Four Pines is a craft brewery. And you can walk in there and you can buy multiple Four Pines beers and enjoy them with the game and everything like that. Um, Leichhardt, Campbelltown, they're surrounded by breweries. So uh, why don't we have a brewery that's in there, you know, a Tiger beer, some sort of beer that related to the Tigers? Instead, we drink VB at Leichhardt. Like, fuck me because, there, it's <laughs> Because Tigers are known as the working class team, mate. Nobody yeah, drinks working your, class lager. Nobody drinks, nobody drinks your wanker beer. They nobody. do. They do. Anyway, yeah, wankers, anyway, that's wankers. just that's just... That's just a conversation for another time. So, um, yes, team-wise, I'm pretty happy. How are you feeling with it? What's your thoughts? Yeah, look, there's, there's not much else we can do with it. Um, would have liked to have just seen them punt an offer. I just think that he has, he, 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 if anything, he's a liability now. Um, mm. Just punt it. Just say, like, I get that, you know, Benji probably has a good relationship with an offer, but he's got to get away from that now. He's... You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the um, the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Yeah, but he has, he has a saying in that where he's like, "I can't get relation, I can't get in a personal relationship with these players because I have to cut them next day." So yeah. if he's got a personal relationship, he's just got to get over that because he has to be seeing what we're all seeing. He yeah. has to be seen no. because if he's not, he's blind as a bat. Absolutely, Worry, and, um, and it worries me for the future. In terms of these two debutants, so they're not part of our top 30, are they? So how does that work? Because you and Zach are more um, over this than I am. And Zach's probably more over this than I am. I think because they're, they're, develop- obviously... they're development players. Yeah, um, you can you can play them in these sort of games. I think you can, think you can play them uh, after round 20. It, Zach yeah. will probably correct me next week when we uh, do our season recap. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think you can play them after round 20 for development players. Yeah, yeah, that that does sound actually familiar. So that's probably right. Yeah, look, I mean, what can you say, really? This is 
this is it. Um, you just hope for the best, expect the worst, really. It's been a disastrous season. As we've spoken about, it went from, you know, start of the season, we want to finish top eight to the end of the season. We just don't want the wooden spoon and now we're getting it again. Yeah, uh, and I don't think we deserve it. I think we, we're we definitely not a top eight team. We're, we're far from it, but we're not the worst team in the comp. There's no, teams we, with a lot more. No, I think if, if you listen to the podcast next week or maybe the week after, depending on, might give it, maybe after the grand final, we'll do a review of the whole season. Um, but we're going to probably look at all the games that we should have won and mm. why we didn't get them. And I probably because we've only won four games all year, so that's, you know, 23 Pretty games. Easy. But I think you'll find at least six or seven of them were not by our doing in terms of losing them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, there's there's been a lot that's gone against us this year. Anyway, all right. So, what's all your right. prediction for the week? What are we What are we saying? Oh shit! I don't know. I've, I I don't know if you've been listening lately, but I don't really give score prediction. I gave a score prediction last week, and it's stuffed up. So I'm not doing score predictions anymore. I don't do. Well, I'm saying Tigers by forty, Dragons to lose by forty, us to get our sixteenth <laughs> place. Just go yeah, all in. Done. Done. Right, okay. Who cares? Cool. All right. Uh, I do have a like we do do our bold prediction of uh, what we think something big might happen in that. And for me, I think Felitti will get over. He'll crash over for a try on debut. Love it. Awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll second that. That sounds fantastic. I'm keen on that. Sure. And cool. um, yeah, I think that's that's probably pretty fair. That'll do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll I'll show so, off my new hat. Oh yes, go. Go everyone. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are from the Culture Kings. Um, from Culture Kings, they're doing the uh, retro hats. So you've got your Balmain there. They've got a West one as well. Um, these are sensational. But I did break a rule because I said I'm not purchasing you any didn't, merchandise. Like you didn't buy this from Tigers. You didn't buy it from it, the Tigers. Exactly. And like, given it's Culture Kings, who knows if it's official or not? Just, I don't and see. Just it. So everyone's aware, um, we are not sponsored by Culture Kings. But if you want to get on board, you can do oh, it. Oh shit! Yeah, I'll take some shit. Um, yeah, NRL Heritage. So I guess they are. So yeah, but they're so they are the nicest hats. So they've got every yeah. single retro retro team there. I think they've even got Illawarra. So if any Steelers fans are out there. Go for it. Um, they probably don't have to our pod anyway, so. No, nah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like we do every week, well, Zach does every week, um, you know, the, the typical PSAs. Uh, follow us on um, Facebook and YouTube. Obviously, this is out on YouTube by the time you're listening to it um, and on Spotify as well. Um, but the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to tell you to go follow the other podcasts. I want you to stay here and listen to us. Um, yeah, we're fantastic. Yeah, we're, someone said to us the other day, we're the second best podcast, Tigers podcast going around at the moment. And you know what? That's oh, why I'm ahead of Let's do it. That's a so, compliment. I like it. So, um, but yeah, apart from that, I'm not going to mention them. They don't ever mention us, so why should I bother? Um, Zach's probably going to uh, berate me for that, but I don't care. I'm controlling it this week, so I'm doing it my way. Uh, well, Todd, thank you so much for joining us tonight and stepping in for Zach. Zach, no worries, guys. Hopefully, I uh, did you justice by hosting it. And Todd, as we always do at the end of these pods, go the Tigers.
Go to the Tigers. <laughs> By 40. 40. 